And Egg White. When was the last time we did podcast, Egg White? Uh, I think was was the last one that we did. Was it with was it with Eric? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was with Eric Lampere, who basically just by appearing on our show made our show a million times better. And now that he's not here, it's going to be shit, isn't it? Well, just such a lovely guy, uh, and oh, he's I think, amazing. I, I think we learned a lot from him. Yeah, no, we learned definitely a lot from him. So it's like, oh, okay, we should get more people who are better than us, which is which is everyone, and we can learn off them. It's now episode fifty. Oh yeah, so five o. It's a big five o. What have we learned over over the time we've had one guest? Who I booked? I booked. What, what have you done? This is this is this is your name, but comes but comes before mine, and you haven't even pulled your finger out to p- get a guest. Well, I mean, it's not for want of trying. I got a guest off the back of basically drunkenly slipping into into uh, Eric's Instagram DMs. And and the lovely sweetheart that he is, he actually agreed to come on our show, and we are ever grateful. And and it's made the show a lot better. I mean, that's not sleazy at all, sliding into someone's DMs. Yeah, I mean, how many times do you do that drunkenly? Is it, I mean, is it just male comedians, or is it anyone else that you drunk? You know, it's just. I mean, I'm middle aged now. I don't really go out. How do you know that you fit middle age? Um, I sort of have a three a.m. shit. That is a scientifically proven fact that when you do hit beyond middle age, you actually have a three a.m. shit. So what, Wokey? Have yes. you le- have you learned over the last fifth, oh. what forty nine episodes? Wow, what have we learned over the last forty nine episodes? Top five, top five things you've learned. Well, creating a podcast. So from not having a podcast to all of a sudden being a podcast. Now, what's well, happened? What's the journey over the podcast? Well, we've we've uh, we've rebranded twice. Um, uh, well, that's the journey. We basically started. Quite rockily at the beginning, you know, talking about what oh, trying to help people. Then we realise people don't really need help, and the advice we give is actually uh, bullshit. So that that ran its course right to the end. Then did we, we realise? Did we realise that people don't need help, or that they do need help, but we are not ad- adequately provisioned to give out that help? Uh, it's actually the latter. It's definitely the latter. They basically, our advice was bullshit. Our advice was actually pointless, unnecessary, and no one really, no one really should. We we should never be anywhere near the NHS in terms of um, an advisory capacity. We've actually been more successful since we've been off the air. So we got this whole kind of like looking at wokeism and all the things that annoy us. That's pretty much it, really. And since so we did podcast in what november 2022 it's now end of march 2023 and egg white this sums up this sums us up completely right we've actually been more successful being off the air so let me explain more people have downloaded and listened to our podcast episode 49 than when we actually published it it's, it's like people just like thought oh They've stopped podcasting after about a month. Ah, oh, we might as well just listen to it. And they'll go, hey, that's not bad. Diane Morgan. Yes. A- AKA Philomena Kunk. Been talking to friends about it over the years. So Diane... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've got friends. I've actually got friends out- outside of this small sphere of podcasting. Yes. But hang on, hang on. I thought wake people were supposed to be really boring and, and not drinking. You've got not me confused with vegans. 
Oh, okay. That's your problem. Woke people just angry about everything. <laughs> Vegans, boring. Vegans are the non-smokers of the modern age, yeah? They're, they're millennial non-smokers, right? Do you remember when people smoke cigarettes? They go outside, but all the cool people go outside, so you're all outside. But, but when you're a non-smoker, you're sitting with all the boring people that are self-justified going, I'm going to live longer than that guy. Yeah, but the guy outside is having more fun than me. I want to just take up smoking so I can stand outside with them rather than talking to you about your curse code. It's a, and so, and so ba basically, what, 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 instead of people smoking, people have just, just turned to woke, wokery and wokeism. And, and now, and now everyone's really boring. So, uh, so you kind of look for the, look for the guy who isn't, isn't, sorry, sorry. So people turn to veganism, sorry, not wokeism. God, that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so so uh, where whereas you kind of you you go and like outside to uh, talk to the interesting people, you basically go and talk to the uh, the carnivores, you know, rip, ripping into some raw mint in the corner <laughs> bar. I mean, I I think I, you know, looking at the timeline, I think there is actually when Oliver Reed died, when Richard Harris died, Oliver Reed died. That's it. That was game over. They were men who were men. Not afraid to go into like arm wrestling or a fight or drinking and all that. Ever since they passed away, there's no one to take up the mantle of their kind of like craziness. Which means all these people, these keyboard warriors, have just come out of the open. They start, they ventured out like this. Oh, there's a pub. We can get a soft drink in the pub. Oh, then they start infiltrating the pubs. Then start, you know, their ideology of like, oh, meat is bad for you. It leaves a bad carbon footprint. Well, it tastes really good. Yes. Have you had any cheeseburgers? No. Anyway, I don't. I'm just basically the brown Piers Morgan. I mean, I mean. Imagine him interviewing me. He'll just basically pummel me with his self-aggrandizing, self-immolation. And, and he, he, he would kind of he'd really go for you, really go for you. But what you've got to do is you've got to just look him in the eye, preferably just reach out and touch his knee, and just say, "Piers, just." It sounds like you need to cuddle, and just offer to to cuddle him because he's just he just sounds like he he's he's not over he's not over being rejected by uh, Meghan Markle. <laughs> yeah, he still bangs on about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm talking about it. But to be honest, he's actually talking about himself. So whenever he talks about you know when he does his monologue and all that, but you talk about yourself so as well. well yeah, but there's, you know I'm probably the most interesting person I know. Woke Asian guy is in the title. Piers Morgan, uncancelled, uncensored, or whatever it's called. Whatever. whatever. Annoying. Yeah. Piers Morgan, annoying. But the thing is, every time he sits behind his desk and does a monologue to the camera, he's actually not talking about the subject. Let's say Andrew Tate, who he's had three times on the show. He's just talking about himself. He just needs Andrew Tate. So everyone on social media can say, oh, that Piers Morgan, he had Andrew Tate on, all bad person, all that. But if he just had normal vegan, which he's had, no one talks about it, and he becomes obsolete in social media. So he, he's sort of, he's clinging on to the fact that he wants people talking about him, which we're doing right now, which I'm sure he's going to love yeah. when I hashtag Piers Morgan in this podcast <laughs> and put his face in the card for the promotional material. <laughs> hashtag Brown Piers Morgan. I mean, how much? How? I don't think I can even say that. That's the thing. So. The subject is basically stand-up comedy, which we've both done. I've done one 0 
uh, college exactly, performances, exactly. you've done no. a load. You've not really done done it, though, have you? I've not really done it, but I still have a love-hate-hate relationship with stand-up comedy. So, to go back to it, so Diane Morgan is, promo- weirdly enough, she's promoting Philomene uh, Punk and Earth in America, because they're showing on Netflix over there. Uh, a hugely British program. It's like the British version of what? Monty Python, which you don't think would translate across the world. But apparently it's a big hit. Seth, Seth Myers on the show was talk, interviewing and all that. And I, I found out that she, obviously she trained to be an actor and she says this on the show and she hated Shakespeare so she wanted to avoid all that nonsense. I found out during the interview that she actually done 10 years of stand-up comedy, which is insane. And so the point of it is the fact that Seth Myers, who does stand-up comedy, goes, yeah, no, I enjoy it. She hated 10 years worth of stand-up comedy. But the question... Is. She used to do a stand the double act with um, Joe Wilkinson. Oh no, you, yeah, you, you actually sent, you haven't sent me a link of that, have you, Egg White? Uh, probably. But it's the fact that she spent 10 years just doing stand-up and hating it. Now I've done 0.5 and I just hate, what I hate about doing stand-up is, that I can't get over, is the fact that I just feel self-conscious, which is weird. Just standing on stage and just doing a routine, a monologue or whatever, I just get really... Even when I did the double act with you in North London, in Martin Besserman's extremely excellent comedy club, we, um, hashtag Martin Besserman, even then I was just like self-conscious and it's like, oh, okay, people staring at me and all that. It's really weird. But you've done more comedy performances. You've done Edinburgh. How did you feel at Edinburgh? Twice. What? Why? But why would you, well, of course, firstly, what are you going back to what you're saying? Yes, yeah. of course. Of course, you're going to be self-conscious. You've you've done it, you know. Like you've got up and stood right twice. One time you just said the word penis. The second time you read awkwardly from a script, and um, and then basically were unable to to talk or move for the next thirty <laughs> minutes because you were you were too you had. Like I was paranoid. Shock. Yeah, exactly. You... So yeah. I think that's, 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 and you're comparing yourself with someone who has done a decade of, of, you know, touring and then also made and made a name for themselves. Yeah. And made, got, got kind of popular on the live circuit and then went into kind of recorded stuff. You're comparing yourself to that. Oh, I'm not directly comparing. So how, how, uh, to that. how, I how, how, so. now how was your experience? in any way, shape, or form, the same or even relatable to hers. Oh, no, okay, yeah, I, I hear you, yeah, I've done a shockingly a small amount, but the fact that... Do you know what I think? I'm going to tell you what I think. So so th- there's a bit in the interview where, where she basically says she doesn't like she doesn't like doing stand-up, and that's that because you don't like doing stand-up, because because you don't like fe- you don't like feeling awkward, and you, uh, but, but you've never actually ridden the highs of and got the you know never actually managed to forge a joke and actually got people laughing and realize what that feels like on stage exactly yeah so but you say you never you you never but you say you never done that so you're always looking for when people say that they don't like doing stand-up because then you can relate to that yeah yeah, but you can't really relate to it because you haven't you haven't really done it Oh, no, absolutely. But obviously, Diane Morgan most probably had the same. She got over the hurdle over 10 years, but it's still the same. It's like, you, so you, why, why you don't, start enjoying Why don't you get over the hurdle? Let's have this conversation once you've done 20 gigs, or, or even 10, if you, yeah. even 
10 five minute open spots and then we can come back and reconvene and have this conversation because i can guarantee you the first five minute slot that you do and it seems to go down well and jokes seem to land even if it's one one even if it's a, if it's a room full of four people you will be you like it will feel like you're you're high as a kite you'll you'll be you'll be floating on air but then it'd be interesting to see how your opinion actually change changes ultimately i I think i think you need to be really to be kind of talk um objectively on this subject you actually need to put yourself in that position it's interesting because i've had a conversation with another one this a friend of mine spent two years trying to be a stand-up comic died every time every single time he got up on stage he had his material written down it was basically political and he was trying to put humour with his political belief that he was trying to push across. But he died every time. Yet, when I see him in person, he has the funniest, craziest stories. He's literally given me 10-minute monologues of these amazing scenarios, scenes, and that, that kind of thing. But when he's, when he's on stage, he just can't transpose that funny person he is when he's with me. So what you're saying is... So, so you're Listen. trying to you're trying to gloss oh, over it. You're trying to sugarcoat it. You're trying to you're trying to you're trying to pretend that that's not that's not the reality. But the reality is that you are ultimately afraid of putting your your you know your art form. And I don't want to sound pretentious, but that's basically you know, your chosen art form, you, the one that you you most you most like and admire. You you are afraid of actually putting yourself out there. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, that uh, that is absolutely correct. There's two things just to add there. If my mate did the same monologue, which he did brilliantly, flawlessly, said to me this whole story of one crazy situation he was in. If he tried to do that on stage, I can guarantee you he wouldn't be able to pull it off. He can't transpose talking to somebody he's comfortable talking to and making it into a monologue they can say to a room full of, like, you know, people he doesn't know. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, because that's what that's what pretty much every every stand up story is. <clears throat> they were they were the funny one. They were, uh, they were how many times have you heard people say, "Well, they were the funny one." I just realised that I it was better if if I could, you know, make people laugh. Blah 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 blah. And well, obviously, you know. and 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 making people laugh locally is different, but it's still it's still basically the same the same thing as to doing it doing it with people you've never met before. Oh, no, absolutely. But, yeah, but doing, doing it with people you know, there is a safety. There is a safety in that because you know pretty much chances are people won't, especially if they're spineless like you, yeah. won't, won't actually say, mate, I don't think that's right. I saw one stand-up guy. He wasn't brilliant. He's done the open mic circuit. But he was, he was trying to transpose what he was telling his friends, this whole non-relatable story to the audience. And he kept looking at his friends, his six friends in the corner. So there's that aspect of like people who think, I'm, yeah. I'm funny with my friends. I'm going to go on stage and be funny. That's my, that's most open spots though, isn't it? There's always one who's who kind of thinks that, that because he's obviously the, the go- loud gobby one from his mates who thinks he's really funny. He go he kind of gets on stage and he realized that realizes that actually everything that he's doing is only relatable to that small group of friends. Yeah, and 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 oh, he might be he might be hilarious, but he's just he's coming across like it's it's you know it's very very you know local. You have to, you kind of have to know him. Oh, he's really <laughs> funny. Oh, he's really funny. It's really funny. It's funny because it's you. It's funny because it's you. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if if I didn't know the guy, why would I watch it? Because it's just some idiot being a prick. 
Um, but yeah, it's funny because it's you. Because how how many times have you heard that when people when people watch videos that we put up? It's funny because uh, it's, it's you, and it's like no, that's not the reaction you I want. I want for you. Stand ups make better dramatic actors, but dramatic actors do not make good stand up comics. Okay, so so what was so that's a, this is an interesting point, and and basically I I I have a theory that you've basically just you've lifted this from someone. And you thought it sounds good, but you haven't actually put any thought into it. So um, prove me wrong. What, why, why do you think that's the case? Uh, one, you're what, you're correct. What is it about? What is it about stand up that, that you think you think uh, kind of it gives you gives you the kind of skill set, or, or or the people who who do stand up and attract to stand up gives them the skill set to be better. Well, I mean, if you want me, do you want me to be honest? Yes. Can I just give you the opinion my friends gave me, which is what I lifted it from? Yeah. Excellent. I'll do that. Um, because I don't have any independent thought. So, I mean, just for me, just based on that uh, comment, I mean, agree or disagree or dissect. As at, least you're, at least you're honest. <laughs> well, you know, but it's all within the stand-up kind of thing. So, he, yes, he was telling me, just an observation. It's like, so you got Steve Coogan, who's an excellent dramatic actor. And and looking at it, why, you know, the he's not the only one. You've got a lot of stand-ups who've made good dramatic leaps into programming. So just for me, they do really good observational comedy, which is what he was doing, which Kogan was doing in the nineties. So I think, or he thinks, <laughs> to be honest, it's a fact that because he's doing observational comedies, he can actually sort of, when it comes to acting, he can sort of get into the character or whatever character he's doing a lot more. Like, why do you think it's quite common for people to, to comedians to start doing stand-up and then kind of you know move into tv films and 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 then switch across from from comedy to drama but it's less common if and i can't think of any examples of people to do very serious drama and serious acting where and and then shift into stand-up okay so the first question is i think okay so two examples just rather than generalizing so jack d became a really good dramatic comedic comedic dramatic actor and Steve Coogan so both of them just night after night just doing their kind of like character routines Jack D played a character a curmudgeon and just rattling off all the scenarios and all, all the stories he actually you know experienced quote unquote essentially you basically lifted the opinion of a friend yeah without really giving it thought and then now you think that that makes you, that makes you, you know, like some kind of expert on the subject. But but as soon as someone's not even not even asking, not even asking a lot of questions, just asking a question, please explain yourself. Yeah. Uh, and go into it because it sounds like an interesting point, and and it's completely thrown you because you just haven't put any thought into it. If you'd like to help those who can't think for themselves, please donate to our charity, Chaps Who Lack Independent Thought, otherwise known as CLIT. Also, if you are lacking independent thought, maybe it's time to join the army. Ironically, this gag was actually taken from Big Train, so it's not even original in itself. Uh, luckily, I'm not female back in the early noughties and on one of those panel shows because the editors really treated the uh, female comics really badly. You read about that? No, go into So there were a couple of female comics who came out saying that you've made me look bad. So they'd be part of the kind of like comedy discussion, but the editors will cut them out and they 
at them in such a way that they would actually look really awkward. I remember one lady, she had a sketch series with this guy, and she was on one of the panel shows. And literally, I thought she was incredibly funny, but for the entire, I was never mind the Buzzcocks. She basically looked really awkward and looked around, and she just said one thing and, sh and shrugged her shoulders. And that was her entire performance. Now, she's been very funny ever since. Why, why do you think the did that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking you to make an educated guess. Well, what, uh, what? There, there's we're, a we're, bias. Yeah, exactly. So, so why, why would this? Why, why would there be a bias? Uh, there are male editors, most probably, and male producers, male execs, and this whole kind of like. I think bigging up the men and the male comedians and just the women, just not. You know, if there's a female editor working on those shows, I think there would have been a bit of equality yeah. in terms of the actual final product, and it would like. So, I think they've addressed it. So you got like you know. So 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 okay okay. So so why so why so why would so why do you think uh, a a a potentially very funny and smart female comedian would would make you know the, the male editors and uh, producers do that? What put yourself on the line. Put yourself on the line. Put your well, opinion, well, put like your opinion on the line, and don't just so, don't just say something that you think. So, what, that so just what, just say something that my friend said. Say, that I take. say your own opinion. Well, why do you think that would be? Why why do you think that's the case? It's just all male skewed. Everything is all male. So it's, why why? It's just instinct. It's, it really is just. Instinct. What's instinct? What what's instinct about it? Well, what is they, what is instinct about it? The instinct is uh, they've got all these male comics that so they're just going to concentrate on all the funny lines that they did. And but when you why? do a, why? when you and you whittle down a two-hour show, what are you going to cut down? You're going to cut down bits and bits and bits and bits and bits. And it's basically, from what I think, it's all the female parts. They think, oh, we'll just get rid of that. Oh, just fine. We'll we'll concentrate on Frankie Boyle because he's funny. Concentrate on Daryl Breen because he's funny. yeah. No, uh, no, we get that. We get that, and and the audience get that as well because you've said they're about five. Times I'm going to ask you again. I don't want to do it with James O'Brien, but I'm going to I'm going to ask you, going to ask you again. Yeah. So why Why do you think that you know a, a a smart female comedian got cut out of of the, uh, would get cut out of these programs? Yeah. So what's going through? Even if it's subconsciously, what do you think it was going through? And it and it's in it's probably. Uh, yeah, just within within the the patriarchy of the society. What what do you think it is about? You know, is, is it? Do you think people who are do you think they're intimidated by by a smart woman and, well, a, and, and a funny woman? Okay, those are two questions. So I don't think they're intimidated by a smart woman. Um, really? I don't think I don't think there's any other bias apart from the fact that because they're male editors. Their biases work that way. I'm telling you now, if there are yes, female editors, yes, but what I'm asking, what I'm, what I'm, ask, what, what I'm asking you is, yes, just to try and where did this bias come from? Because there's bias, there's not bias just for the sake of bias. The bias would have come from somewhere. So what I'm asking you is, is to where did it come from? Not just, uh, not, oh, it's just okay. bias. Yes, okay, it's bias, but where did that come from? Existentially, it's, where did where did that bias come from? Is it's basically everywhere. You talk about banking, yes. you just talk about anywhere yes. else. But where and why? Okay, I can't answer that question. Just just Apart just, from talk, just, talk, talk, just talk. Just talk. Just talk. Just talk. I want an answer. Well, I'll give you I the want, answer. I want an answer from Woke Asian Guy, which isn't um, uh, uh, 
yeah, I can't, I can't go into any more detail than what I've just said. Okay. So what you're saying is, I win. Yeah, of course, you win. That that's absolutely fine. You've asked me questions, and I can't answer. Okay, that's, that's, that's been episode. That's been episode fifty. Thank you very much. Good night. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and you, I bought your. I've actually given your podcast some structure. So good night, <laughs> Vienna. This is you're listening to the Egg White and Woke Asian Guy podcast. <laughs> maybe the next fifty episodes, right? This maybe maybe we've stumbled across a new format where basically we have a chat show where I ask questions and you don't answer any of them. I mean, I mean, no, done that, have they? So as an outro, what you're saying is I should basically grow a pair, do a stand-up comedy gig at an open mic, five, and just do five. Yeah, I said I said ten. Let's get past the first one. Then see if there's a difference when after afterwards. See if there's a difference afterwards, and then you can kind of evaluate how you think went, how things went, how what jokes went, if anything landed, what what you didn't, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you didn't anticipate, what what actually you think you, you if there are any any things that you know you just popped up and you weren't expecting, and actually it worked out really well, all that kind of thing. I want I want all of that. I want you to do five. Wokey, wokey, I'm just hearing this rough cut and it still frustrates the f*** out of me. What are you actually talking about, woke Asian guy? I mean, honestly, like, it still frustrates me. It still actually properly frustrates me. Are you that literal? Are you that literal that you are the, the character that Steve Carell plays in Anchorman, where you just basically say what you see? Are you Roy Walker's catchphrase? Just prejudice is what you say. Just prejudice. Well... Thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, where where did that come from? What the things I was thought that you might actually lead into a conversation. It was going to be a bigger, bigger thing, bigger kind of conversation, and not just you sitting there going, oh, oh, just, but just, just, but just, oh, I'm getting awkward now. I'm getting awkward. I don't know what to say. I don't know. Stop picking on me. I don't know what to say. But I am really intelligent. But you're not, though, are you? You're not. You're clearly not. You can't even maintain a fucking conversation. Are you an adult? We've done 50 f***ing episodes of this podcast. Are you an adult? Can you maintain a conversation? If someone just, if someone's just having a conversation with you and just wanted to find out a bit more, maybe, oh, that's interesting. Shall we just talk about, you know, the its origins or, or where did this come from? Normal adult conversation. The things I thought that you were going to say, right? Are you saying that the industry is male dominated? Are you then also maybe implying that the industry is uh, full of the same type of male, e.g. white middle class, maybe ex-Etonian alumni, educated to the same degree, in the same place, etc, etc. Why do you think that, that the producers and editors felt the need to edit a female comedian in the way that they did? Was it simply that you think maybe she just wasn't funny or maybe she said something controversial and they had to cut her out for, for kind of uh, legal reasons? Or, or maybe, just maybe, was it that there was a risk that she was actually funnier than her male counterparts and the men felt threatened by a smart, intelligent and funny, independent woman? That's all I wanted you to say. That's all I fucking wanted you to say. Next, learn how to have a conversation, you... What kind of idiot, right? Like, Gary Glitter, as soon as it comes out, on parole, 
And I've done a TikTok video of this, which I'll link in the show notes, where he just basically, the first thing he does is ask one of the guys in the uh, ex-offenders hostel, goes, oh yeah, how do you access the dark web? <laughs> what? You want, you've just come out of prison for being a knob, so you, and you want to access the dark web. Ma- ma- All right. Many ma- mail. Hello. Yeah, yeah. You know that Gary, you won't believe what he's just asked me. He's asked for nonce IT support. But he, 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 he might not be doing it for that. He might just be trying to buy a gun. Oh, you, that makes it, well, to be honest, that makes it better, right? <laughs> or, or is he trying to get, go get some drugs on Silk Road? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you reckon when they slammed him back in prison, he goes, We fucked the dodging. No nonsing. Nonsing is off the table. We t- look, look, we told you. No nonsing about. <laughs> and what have you done? You've gone out and you've been nonsing about. That's why you're back here, you idiots. You've literally walked into the ex-offenders hostel and goes, yep, nonce, 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 That's all the other guys are like. Dark web. <laughs> dark web. Where is even the... I, I don't even know what the dark web is. Or I mean, how to access it or do anything. So a guy in his 70s is just coming out with an iPhone going, yeah, I just heard this. But anyway, you know, episode 100 of... The podcast is going to be both of us in an old people's home. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to make fun of people with Alzheimer's, but it'd be like, uh, oh, you know, you still can't form an opinion, can you, woke Asian guy? No, because I can't remember who you are. <laughs> this bull guy just keeps shouting at me. <laughs> Every time um, I look over, it's a waft of shit just floats over, just ruins my meal. Okay, so I think I think that's eleven times I've actually just been cancelled. So on the, on this podcast, I think we'll probably shut them. By the way, audience members, this is a one-hour recording. <laughs> so when you get to this part, in real life, it's one hour. I think the podcast world is probably going to be about thirty minutes, and don't even get me to the next episode. I'm going to go off on David Williams. So that's another thing. Oh, really? Really? So, Right. Good night, everyone. No, 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 don't prick tease me. Don't prick tease me like this. Don't, don't prick tease me. We could just wait. We could we could waste recording time by me just going, not going to tell you. You, you. Not going to tell you. Okay, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to episode 50. You have been amazing. This has been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate it. We really appreciate it because we are idiots. And we love Americans. And everyone who's listening. Love you. No, we just love Americans. Bye-bye. Americans have money. Woke Asian guy. And Egg White.